0: No more Elvis Andrews, no more Rugnet Odor. We preview the 2021 Texas Rangers today on Metroplex Mania. Hello there, and welcome to Metroplex Mania. My name is Sean Avaz Makani. Metroplex Mania is brought to you by Blue Wire Hustle. Guys, I cannot tell you how excited I am that baseball season is finally back starting in April that we get a 162 game season again, fingers crossed. Um and that there's fans in the stands again. I mean, it's just a wonderful time. Um you know, I I've looked forward to this time since since I was a little kid. I love baseball season. I love the grit and grind of a 162 games. Um you know, I love the trade deadline. I love the minor league systems. I love call ups, send downs. You know, free agent pick. I mean, everything that you could love about baseball. I love it, um, and I love my Texas Rangers. Um, you know, and it's been a rough couple of years for the Rangers. Uh, we've had we've had a lot of ups uh, in the last decade, but uh, quite a few downs the last few years. Um, and I'm going to tell you why today on Metroplex Mania why things are. Looking, f- looking up, looking forward, um, you know, for the Texas Rangers. Um, you know, 2020 was a, a very rough year for a lot of teams, um, especially for the Rangers who finished as the second worst team in all of baseball. Um, the rotation struggled mightily. They were one of the uh, 10 worst pitching teams uh, in baseball and also very uncharacteristically had the second worst batting average uh, in Major League Baseball last year, again, condensed season, um, not a lot of time for players to hone in on their swings, not a lot of time to make changes throughout the season through film work and in the batting cages. Um, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot has to do with the new ballpark. Uh, you know, a lot of uh, Rangers players didn't have a chance uh, to kind of get acclimated to it. But then again, you saw what happened in the World Series with home runs flying around. Um, so not really an excuse for a lot of the Rangers players. But we're going to get into uh, the outlook here for 2021, uh, what to expect from the Texas Rangers uh, from a rotation and a lineup perspective. Um, I'm also going to give you my best and worst case scenarios for this team. Um, and also, what are the goals? What ultimately at the, end, at the end of the season, if I as a Rangers fan, what can I look back on um, and what do I want to check off? Uh, you know, and say, okay, we accomplished that, right? And every team's got a list of goals that they they prep for the season, um, and so we'll go through exactly what I think the Rangers uh, need to need to accomplish for this to be considered a successful 2021 campaign. So the 2021 Texas Rangers rotation features a couple of familiar names. Um, if you're fans of other baseball teams, you'll recognize uh, one as well. At the top of the rotation, of course, last year's uh, number three or number four starter, depending on the week, Kyle Gibson, who got roughed up by uh, Kansas City on opening day. Uh, number two, free agent pickup Kohi Arihara out of Japan comes over after six years uh, in Japan with a 365 ERA. Really excited to see what he can do. Uh, for this team, um, you know, this isn't a a, a Dice K Matsuzaka kind of pickup uh, for the Texas Rangers, um, you know, and, and really I haven't seen a lot of video um, or film on, on Arihara, but everything that I've read, everything that, um, you know, has come out of spring training is that, um, you know, he, he should be pretty good, um, you know, he had a pretty good outing against Kansas City in the second game of the season, uh, bullpen gave up uh, a, a lead in that game, and so um, you know I'm excited to see what he can do when he goes deeper into the game, and um, you know has uh, has some run support behind him as well. Um, the third spot in the rotation uh, went to Jordan Lyles. Um, again, one of those guys like Kyle Gibson that the Rangers signed to a multi-year deal before last year. Um, guy who struggled uh, mightily last year, a 7.02 ERA, uh, pitched really really well against Kansas City on Sunday. Um, He's part of that new tandem spot that Chris Woodward is employing with the Rangers and and really what the tandem pitching um, spot is going to entail is um, looks like so Sunday was Jordan Lyles uh, and Wes Benjamin. You've got the righty and the lefty Um, and you know, they're either going to go five, six innings or 75, 80 pitches, whichever comes first. Of course, you know, if, if Jordan Lyles gets roughed up, if Benjamin gets roughed up, you know, the, the other starter will come in, but I kind of like it. I like the strategy, um, you know, when you're not really sure about who is going to make the rotation coming out of a spring training, you know, a lot of teams will kind of shove pitchers in there and just kind of say, go for it. Um, you know, we saw a strategy last year in which teams were using the opener, um, before a starter, um. You know, so this is kind of a new thing that that I think we're gonna we're gonna see in baseball. Uh, it may take, you know, it may form a trend with other teams, but I kind of like it from the Rangers' perspective of trying to see what they've got in a lot of their players, which which seems to be the theme this year, right? Um, you know, and, and both Lyles and Benjamin pitched extremely well um, again on Sunday um, against the Kansas City Royals, the number four spot, and and the man who's opening up. Globe Life Park uh, for the Texas Rangers on Monday against the Toronto Blue Jays is Mike Fultonavich, um, formerly of the Atlanta Braves. This was a really, really intriguing pickup for the Rangers um, because because Fultonavich, if you remember in 2018, um, was an all-star, 13-10 uh, and 10 for the Braves, a two eighty five ERA, um, only gave up 17 home runs that year, um, started 31 games, um, pitched two complete games, one shutout, um, and he finished, I believe, eighth in the Cy Young voting. Um, you know, really had a had a had a tough 2019 um, and a tough 2020, um, and and was designated for assignment um, for the Braves. You know, came into spring training and apparently is throwing fireballs uh, for the Rangers. Um, you know, they're really really excited about Voltanovich and what he can bring to this rotation. Young guy. Only 28 years old, 29 years old, I believe. Um, So it's going to be interesting to see what what he brings. You know, we'll we'll get our first glimpse um, of him uh, during the home opener against a really, really improved Toronto Blue Jays team. So it'll be a good test for Fultonavich. And then in the fifth spot, of course, you've got Dane Dunning, uh, the prospect picked up from the Lance Lynn deal. Uh, in the offseason with the Chicago White Sox. Dunning slotted in right as uh, the uh, top five Rangers prospect, but uh, he made the opening day roster as well. It's going to get a chance to pitch. He's also in that tandem spot uh, that we talked about with Jordan Lyles and Wes Benjamin. But I believe with Dane Dunning, you're going to see probably Taylor Hearn. You're probably going to see Kobe Allard. Um, It's really just going to depend. We could see Kyle Cody. Um, in that as well I know the Rangers are really really high on him as well Um, and so it's going to be interesting to see um, you know where uh, who who that other piece of that tandem is uh, with Dane Dunning um, and and how does Dane Dunning fare in his first real big league action Um, you know is he a top-of-the-line starter probably not but can he slot in as your number two number three guy going forward for the Rangers? Absolutely. I think, I think he's got the potential to do so. Um, I, I think that deal, um, you know, there's a, there was a lot of uh, backlash from for John Daniels when he didn't make the Lance Lynn deal during the trade deadline last year. Uh, could Lance Lynn have helped out a team like San Diego? Uh, could we have gotten some more prospects out of the deal? Um, but John Daniels came out and said the deals that were offered for Lynn, the Rangers did not feel comfortable making that trade. Getting a guy like Dane Dunning who helps the biggest need of this organization, which is pitching, um, I think I think going forward it could pay pretty good dividends uh, for the Texas Rangers. Um, you know, and and we look at the bullpen, uh, which has always been uh, a struggle uh, for the Rangers. Um, you know, a lot of injuries already. Uh, Jonathan Hernandez, who had a phenomenal 2020, um, had a UCL injury. Jose LeClerc had an elbow injury and he is out for the rest of the year. Um, Demarcus Evans uh, was moved to the sixty-day injured list. Who another one of those fireballer um, uh, relievers that the Rangers have in the minor league system, and so you're going to see a lot of a uh, lot of names that you recognize. Matt Bush comes back uh, was a non roster non roster invite uh, invitee uh, for the Rangers uh, who made opening day um, along with Ian Kennedy, former Royals pitcher. Um, also made the team pitched well in relief uh, in the last game um, against the Royals as well. So the bullpen is going to struggle. You know, the bullpen has always struggled for the Rangers, it feels like, the last few years. Um, I'm interested to see how some of the younger guys fare. Um, You know, Kyle Cody we've talked about. Um, uh, John King is another guy that that I think um, we're going to see got roughed up uh, over the weekend in Kansas City. But um, you know we'll see are these are going to be a call-up for an Alex Spees? is there going to be um, you know which one of these tandem starters you know does Taylor Hearn move to a long reliever role uh, in the bullpen uh, with the injuries that, that we've incurred um, you know do does, does Chris Young and John Daniels in the front office go out and make a deal uh, for a for a reliever later on in the year so it'll be interesting to see how that all pans out but from an overall perspective i think this is a year again in which the rangers are going to struggle um there's no real top of the line starter that they have um it looks like you know this is again kind of an experimental year and 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 i think rangers fans are quite aware of where this team stands right this we've been told time and time again that this is a rebuilding year this is a year in which we're going to see a lot of players get a get a lot of different playing time um because of the fact that that this is a team that is looking ahead to the future and really assessing uh, who needs to be on the roster and who, quite frankly, is expendable. So don't be surprised to see a lot of names pop up um, uh, on, the, on the scorecards here for the Rangers uh, as we go through the 2021 season, um, and a lot of different pitchers being called up and thrown back into the minor leagues as well. So we talked about the rotation. Let's get into the lineup here for the Texas Rangers and and some of the new faces, uh, and of course the departed faces. The two the two probably most recognizable names uh, for the Texas Rangers outside of Adrian Beltre in the last uh, five to eight years, Elvis Andrews and Rudnick and Odor, both gone from the Rangers, and and really signifying a full rebuild and a full shift into this new era um, of Texas baseball. Um, you know, Rudnett Odor, Rangers fans are well aware of his struggles the last few years. Um, he'll always be revered for the punch he laid on Jose Bautista, um, and i will always have a place in Rangers history for that. But I think um, the front office eventually uh, grew tired, much like Rangers fans have, with Odor's constant struggles, um, you know, I mean, going from being completely cold in spring training uh, all throughout, uh, you know, the beginning of the season and then having spurts of greatness uh, in the middle of the year and finally somehow putting it all together in September, um, you know, just wasn't enough for Odor, um, you know, kept getting chances to to prove himself, um, even tried out third base in the off offseason um, and played pretty well, quite frankly, in spring training. Um, but it, it wasn't enough to, to secure a job. And I, and I think from a, from a management perspective, you know, when you look at the decisions that Chris Woodward has to make, that um, Chris Young and, and John Daniels have to make from a front office view, um, you know, having a guy like Odor on the team who you know is a part of the culture, is a part of the history of this team the last, you know, five, six years, you know, even with the contract that he's got, if you're shifting towards a full rebuild, you cannot promise playing time to any one player. And I think having odor on the team, uh, the amount of money he was getting paid, uh, you know there was no way to keep him on the bench um, without losing a roster spot for somebody that you know was playing probably a little bit better than him. Um, you know, as for Elvis Andrews, again, another one of those guys who I think was the face of the Rangers outside of Adrian Beltra, right. This guy was the was the leader when Beltre took over. Alvis um, Andrews is the one who ushered in the you know the the greatness of the early 2010s Rangers when he came over from Atlanta um, in the Mark Teixeira deal in 2007. Um, <clears throat> made his major league debut as a 19-year-old and and really led this team to a World Series and and was the captain of those teams with Josh Hamilton and and Adrian Beltray, but Elvis Andrews had his struggles as well, right? Um, really struggled with injuries the last couple of years, struggled at the plate. His defense had fallen off quite a bit. There was no power to his game. Um, and, and you had a guy like Isaiah Kiner falefa who, you know, last year won the Gold Glove at third base but is a shortstop by nature. And so um, having a guy like like falefa that you felt comfortable, you know, where you could move on from Elvis Andrews, Plug in IKF and, and get better defense, and quite frankly, get better offensive production at this point in their careers. Um, you know, it, it was a smart decision for the Rangers um, by trading Elvis Andrews. You bring in a guy, Chris Davis, uh, who has who has been known to destroy the Rangers every time Oakland had ever played um, played in Arlington. Um, you know, Chris Davis comes in as a guy who who potentially could serve as a right handed bat now. Does he come off the bench? Does he start at DH? Um, you know, we'll see. Um, you know, when he comes back from injury, how the Rangers are going to utilize him. But um, you know, his contract is set to expire at the end of the year, uh, whereas Elvis Andrews still had a couple more years on his deal. So a little financial flexibility there for the Rangers as well. Uh, but getting into the lineup, you know, completely new look here uh, for the Rangers. A couple familiar faces, but really, uh, you know, you're looking at. Uh, almost a, a revamped roster here. Um, uh, you know, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa um, leads off. Uh, normally a shortstop. Um, you know, we talked about him, a Gold Glove winning third baseman, um, moving over to shortstop, can play second base as well. Um, you know, I'm excited to see if he can put everything together and, and really start driving the ball and hitting for power. Uh, you know, it. it you know, he started off the season against Kansas City, struggling a little bit, but. Um, defenses looked good, uh, um, from kiner Falefa. And so we're going to see if that continues. Uh, Dave Dahl comes in at, in left field. And I think David Dahl is one of those sneaky, sneaky, good pickups. You know, you kind of see these around, uh, sports all the time, right? These one year deals for guys that, that have an injury history and come in and, and are able to make an immediate impact and, and able to come in and, and kind of revitalize their careers. Right. Um, you know, I think David Dahl's got a chance to do that in Texas. Uh, you know, the Rangers brought him in to be the starting left fielder uh, with the Willie Calhoun injury, and even prior to that, I think I think they brought in Dahl at least for competition, uh, knowing that, that Calhoun is is better suited to play that DH role. But Calhoun much like Mike Mike uh, Fultonevich on the pitching staff um you know a couple good seasons prior for his for his old team you know doll in in 2018 with colorado hit 273 um with 16 home runs and 48 rbi and then in 2019 hit 302 uh with 15 home runs and 61 rbi and was an all-star um in that year in 2019 and his battled injuries uh last year so uh you know, a good pickup for the Rangers. I really, really like it for the for the money, um, you know, for the fact that it's a short-term deal, really kind of a prove-it um, deal for Dave Dahl and only 27 years old. So could he could be a guy that, that sticks around for a couple of years here and maybe gets, you know, gets a longer-term deal done if he can prove that he can stay healthy, um, you know, and, and put up the numbers that he did in Colorado, uh, you know, prior to his injury. Uh, of course, next up in the Rangers lineup, Joey Gallo, uh, sitting there at at number three um, in the batting order, our right fielder, Gold Glove winner from last year, um, you know, struggled at the plate, um, you know, from a from a batting average perspective. But boy, you can tell when when Joey Gallo puts the bat on the ball, this guy can just he can crush it. I mean, one of the best home run hitters in all of baseball. The question surrounding him, of course, has been. Will it all come together, right? Will the contact, um, will the contact be there? Uh, will the strikeouts drop uh, to go along with the power and the RBI and and you know the, the clutch hitting, batting six hundred this year already. Um, I can tell you that's not going to last, but um, you know he looks a little bit more confident at the plate. Um, you know these first couple of games against Kansas City. Um, and, and, you know, one of the big questions for the Rangers going forward, if Joey Gallo puts it together and, and quite, you know, to be honest, even if he doesn't, um, you know, when you look at a team that's, that's trying to rebuild, um, and, and look ahead to the future, the Rangers are really going to have to assess whether Joey Gallo is a long term piece, uh, of the roster Do is Joey Gallo, a guy that you build around? Is Joey Gallo, a guy that can man right field for the next eight to 10 years as, as these new wave of prospects come through the system. Um, is he a guy that can be the face of your franchise, uh, you know, or is Joey Gallo better served being a trade piece to bring in uh, prospects to kind of further the rebuild. Um, so that's going to be a, des- a big decision for the Rangers uh, that they're going to have to make going forward as the season progresses. Um, over at first base, another big pickup for the Rangers, uh, Nate Lowe uh, over Uh, excuse me Uh, yeah Nate Lowe um, over from the Tampa Bay Rays uh, to come in and you know with the struggles that Ronald Guzman has had the past couple of years a similar situation to to Rugnet Odor and Elvis Andrews um, uh, where Guzman just has not been able to put it all together right the defense has been phenomenal uh, for him but just never really able to to kind of you know hit the ball with uh for for contact he's had some clutch moments the last couple of years but um you know really struggled down the stretch last year and so i think um you know with with an opportunity to get a young guy a guy who is younger than ronald guzman and nate low to come in and man first base um gives you another uh left-handed threat um and and uh you know guzman had a really good spring uh played the outfield a little bit and made the opening day roster uh, so we'll see, you know, is, is he going to be a guy who not, he probably won't platoon with Nate Lowe, but I think he'll get his opportunities to play in the outfield to spell a couple guys here and there. Uh, but Nate Lowe off to a great start, um, you know, six RBI in the first three games against Kansas city. It'll be, I think he's going to add, um, a really, uh, a, a, he's going to be a really big piece uh, for the Rangers going forward as well. Um over at catcher we've got jose trevino who's going to split time with jonah heim who was also acquired in the uh, in the elvis andrews deal uh, with chris davis Uh, trevino getting the starting job uh, now Uh, heim again like like we said is going to split a couple games with him but um, you know trevino's got the got the offense Uh, can he put the defense together Um, and and as a rangers fan you know i'm really excited about sam huff coming up through the minor leagues i think sam huff is a guy that's that's going to push Trevino uh, for his starting job, uh, but Trevino and, and is going to get every shot uh, that he is going to get every shot to to retain that job uh, from what Chris Woodward and, and John Daniels have said. Um, so it's going to be I, it's going to be interesting to see how well he can he can play the rest of the year and if he can hold off Sam Huff. Um, Nick Solak, Manning, second base. With Rudiger Dor gone, um, it's Nick Solak's job going forward. The Rangers invested in in trading for him a couple years ago, uh, with the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, you know, he switched, played a different a lot of different positions last year. Going over, you know, going from left field to center field to designated hitter, back to second base, played a little third base as well. Um, but second base is a natural position. I think he he reminds me a lot of Michael Young um, kind of in his stature. Um, he's not as good of a fielder as Michael Young was at that point in his career, but, um, you know, I'm excited to see what Solak can do with, with a lot of playing time. Um, you know, Woodward and, and John Daniels, obviously trust him. They've put him in at, at the cleanup spot in the lineup. So I think, um, you know, it'll be, you know, the fingers are crossed that, that Nick Solak can kind of continue growing and continue, with the success that he's that he's had the first couple of years uh, in the Rangers organization and really can solidify that spot over at second base uh, now that Rudner Odor, Odor is gone. Um in center field we've got the the defensive wizard Leodi Tavares Rangers giving him the starting job after uh bringing him up last year. Um Uh, towards the end of the year we know about the defense for Tavares Um, there's a lot of film out there on him uh, making some ridiculous catches he had a couple towards the end of last year as well Um, the question uh, for the Rangers is whether he can put it all together Um, you know can he is he able to hit uh, you know is he a top of the order guy is he a bottom of the order guy right Uh, the Rangers Rangers have slotted him towards the bottom of the order uh, having him bat eighth um, the first couple of games here against Kansas City. But, um, you know, we're going to see, um, you know, whether he's got the speed, whether he's got uh, the offensive tools to kind of stay in the major leagues or if he still needs a little bit of work in the minors. Um, the Rangers kept Eli White on their um, on their opening day roster as well. A guy, you know, another defensive, uh, a really good defensive player in the outfield, and he's got... He's got some tools that, at the plate as well. Uh, so we could see a little bit of Eli White over in center field when, if Leody Tavares does start to struggle um, in this season. And finally, at third base, really a placeholder position, the Rangers signing Brock Holt to a short-term deal um, to man third base and, and platoon that with, with Charlie Culberson, um, who I think those two making the roster kind of is what forced the Rangers to designate um, Rugnetto for assignment, um, as both had pretty good spring trainings, but you know both are able to man third base uh, until top prospect Josh Young is ready uh, come July and so um, really you know not much expected out of either of those guys you know we've got the platoon there so Brock Holt is going to play against right-handed pitching and is going to play against left-handed pitching um you know again just just placeholder players at this point you know when when Josh Young is ready and he's been uh, had had some some work done uh this offseason some minor surgery and so when he gets back Um, Playing in AAA and from all accounts has been, you know, was raking the ball at the alternate site last year uh, during COVID. Um, You know, I know the Rangers are extremely, extremely high on him. As a fan, uh, I'm extremely high on him as well. Um, You know, and I'm excited to see what what he's going to bring to this team coming forward. So we talked about the rotation. We've talked about the lineup. Let's get into what I think are the best case and worst case scenarios for this Rangers team in 2021, um, and let's be honest, this isn't a team that's going to push for the playoffs. This isn't a team that's, um, you know, gonna gonna finish 20 games over 500 and, and miss the postseason in the last week or last month of the season. Um, you know, I think for a successful Ranger season, um, this team would finish around 500, maybe a little, couple games above, maybe a couple games below, but some real progress from from last year would be great to see um, you know a couple things have to happen or, or excuse me a couple things I want to see happen I want to see Nick Solak put it all together right I want to see um, the defense come with with the the great uh, contact um, that he displays at the plate uh, David Dahl if he can put together a season like he did in 2019 with Colorado, Um, That will be one hell of a pickup for the Rangers, and I think would solidify them at left field going forward for the next few years. Um, You know, Isaiah Kinderfalefa, if he can continue to improve on his offense while still showing the stellar glovemanship that he did last year, um, now manning shortstop, um, you know, that along with having Josh Young as his partner on the right side at third base, that could form a really, really lethal left side of the infield. for the texas rangers going forward and of course i think um joey gallo having um you know putting it together with with adding a little bit more contact uh, to his swing keeping up the power numbers the rbi numbers um you know and the pitching staff just kind of stays the course right I, I think best case scenario for for the rangers is to really find out which one of these pitchers is in their future is dane dunning a number two guy um, in your rotation or is he a number four guy right? Is Wes Benjamin a guy who you can keep in your rotation? Um, you know, which one of Taylor Hearn and Colby Alderd, uh, can keep a spot in their rotation, um, you know, without having these, these games where they, they just completely blow up, you know? Um, and I think from a minor league perspective, you know, the Rangers are a couple years off from having those, those real legit number one guys, um, you know, make an appearance in AAA. You know, the, the Cole Wins, the Hans Krauses, Ricky Venascos, those guys are still um, two, three years away from really making a difference. And so the Rangers really have to assess which, you know, which pitchers they're going to continue to keep on the roster and, and continue to let, uh, you know, continue to eat innings and, and gain that major league experience. Worst case scenario from this for this team, really can't get m- much worse than last year. This was the second worst team in baseball, the second worst offense, um, the eighth worst pitching staff in Major League Baseball last year, um, and really only finished that high because of Lance Lynn. Um, you know, it, it's just it, things have to improve, right? I mean, you're, you're going on this new direction. You're, you're, um, you know, you've you've gutted every inch of the roster that that had made the playoffs in the 2010s. Um, And you've you've really sold your ownership, even though you've just opened up a brand new ballpark. You've really, um, you know, you've really sold people on, on continuing with this rebuild. And so I really want to see progress on that end. As a Rangers fan, I really want to see John Daniels and new GM Chris Young really focus on trying to bring in and keep the right pieces that can help the Rangers get back into contention in the next three to four years. And there's going to be a lot to evaluate coming uh, middle of the season, you know, when, when a lot of these younger prospects get ready uh, to make their major league debuts. You know, we've talked about Josh Young, but Sam Huff is a guy that that got some playing time last year at catcher. You know, if Jose Trevino or Jonah Haim is struggling at the plate, um, you know, I think the Rangers are in a scenario where they're not going to be afraid to call up some of their top prospects to get playing time in order to assess where they stand and how they fit with the rest of the team. Um, you know, again, this is a season where the Rangers really have to, uh, have to set course for looking at how they can, how they can get back into contention. And it's not a one-year process, right? You look at what AJ Preller did, um, in San Diego, you know, that took a while to get them, get them to where they are. And they're still not there because they've got the Dodgers in their way. Right. So, you know, this is a team, you know, front office has got to stay the course and has to, has to continue Moving forward, you know, gone are the days where the Rangers traded everybody in their farm system for Jonathan, Luke Croy, and Carlos Beltran, right? This is a this is a, a new, you know, full fledged effort to rebuild this team and get back to uh, get back to where we were at the beginning of the 2010s. Do I have faith? We'll see, right? Um, you know, but hey, the farm system a couple years ago was ranked in the low 20s. Um, you know, we're up to 14 this year, so uh, you know that clearly there's there's a little bit of improvement there um so it'll be interesting to see how we go forward um you know is is joey gallo a part of this future is joey gallo a guy that we're going to pay seven you know assign for seven years and 300 million dollars or is he a guy that we're going to trade for pieces is he better served as a trade piece um to rebuild the farm system again and and have you know kind of put this rebuild on, on a 10 year or eight year plan instead of a five year plan right um you know, I think the Rangers for a long time have kind of been confused um, about their identity and have really struggled with understanding where the future of this team lies. Um, they, I want to see by the end of the year that we have an understanding as to, okay, um, you know, here's some of our key pieces. You know, Josh Young is our third baseman of the future. Sam Huff is uh, is the future at catcher. Or is it Jose Trevino? You know, I want to see real improvement on that um, on that front, when it comes to knowing exactly who should be on this team, um, and and I think the second goal is just is just improvement across the board, um, you know, from a pitching perspective and from a player development perspective, I think the Rangers have done a a pretty, um, I don't want to say bad, but I, I don't think they've done a great job, um, you know, recently of evaluating minor league talent. Um, you know, we've made some pretty bad draft picks, um, you know, Dylan Tate being among them, but, um, you know, I want to see a better job of, um, really evaluating our minor league system and, and building back up that farm system that at, at one point in time was the best in baseball. Um, you know, so I think as a Rangers fan, real improvement across the board in a lot of, you know, in, in most of the areas would be, um, something that would make me feel like this is a successful season. You know, again, let's be realistic. This isn't a team that's making the world series anytime soon. This isn't a team that's making the playoffs anytime soon, but is there a reason for optimism? Sure. There's a lot of, a lot of t- players on this team um, that are, you know, where they're getting another shot, right. You know, coming off injuries, coming off um, rough, you know, rough seasons with, with other teams that, um, you know, the Rangers have given an opportunity to, um, you know, and, and this is a team where, you know, you're going to see some of these prospects come up, um, you know, that are really putting it together right now in the minor Lake system. So as a Rangers fan, I'm excited. Um, and I think, I definitely think you should be too. That's it for this episode of Metroplex mania. Once again, I'm your host, Sean Vaz Makani. Please be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, And until next time, thanks for listening.